0: You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Well, thank you again for joining us. So glad that you tuned in. You know, just a couple of things in life are certain. That's what they always say. Death and taxes, right? Well, here's one more. As you age, your body's output of hormones is simply going to decline. It's really hard to escape it. But that doesn't mean you have to live in a state of hormone deficiency anymore. I've been using a testosterone supplement for years, but our focus today is women's health. Pharmacist Greg Russell from Fort Wayne Custom Rx is a regular guest on the program. This week, he's joined by a registered nurse, Paula Heil. She's on Greg's team as a women's health specialist, helping women understand the ins and outs of using bioidentical hormones to replace but time is taking away. Paula says there's a specific set of symptoms that bring women through the door looking for help as their bodies slow production of these complex compounds, compounds that support a woman's brain, bones, and heart.
1: So typically what we're going to see initially is going to be hot flashes, night sweats, um, sometimes a decrease in libido, and vaginal dryness. Those are the big ones that we usually see.
0: And women come to you starting at what age? Is it pretty consistent or is it sort of all over the board?
1: It's kind of all over the board, but mostly we're going to be seeing those women that are going to be um, menopausal. So usually from the time they stop cycling, um, usually the first few years is when we're going to see them. Sometimes it might be later, but typically the first few years of menopause.
0: And Greg, one of the things that I know your your pharmacy does is specialize in custom compounded components. I've used a, uh, a testosterone supplement that you prepare for me for several years now, uh, and explain to us that process of how you mix and and prepare these supplements and and why the custom process is you think so important.
2: Yeah, well, thanks, Lee. Well, first of all, most of the all of the compounds that we do are trying to replace the natural hormones that you make so in other words for a male we're going to give testosterone and for a female we're going to give a form of estrogen Uh, it could be estradiol or it could be estriol they do have some differences in and what they do uh or and or progesterone in fact we love to give progesterone with estrogen because they're kind of a yin yang they you know kind of need both of them to work uh most efficiently so our products are not the patented drugs Um, these are hormones Uh, they are non-fda they are not fda approved products however they are fda um, they are usp um, recognized chemicals or hormones that we can compound with. It's legal to do that, of course, with a prescription from a physician. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we try to work in combination with physicians to start with dosing. And usually, and Paula can go into this more detail, usually we start with lower dosing and we work up over time to try to alleviate those symptoms. And basically what we're trying to do is we're not trying to give you a hormone to make you an 18 year old again. We're trying to give you the hormones that you need for this phase of your life And the big three things we always love hormones for is the brain, the bone, and the heart. And that's, to us, very proven that we need those hormones for those effects.
0: I just want to make clear that, you know, we threw out the phrase bioidentical. And explain to me what that really means, because I I think people are a little confused about that.
2: Very, very, uh, very good point. Uh, bioidentical actually is kind of a phrase that I, I personally rather use the word natural hormone replacement. Okay. In other words, you're, as you age, you get low on estradiol. Well, then we want to replace estradiol. We don't want to give you a synthetic estrogen like you might find in a birth control pill or in something like a, uh, um, a knockoff analog of that hormone and the reason for that is they use analog hormones so that they can patent them and they can make them more potent or specific at a certain receptor so they do more of a specific activity but what we try to do is we're trying to just replete replenish what your body is has already used so in other words um i'm going to get a different dose of testosterone than paula well would obviously because i'm male So she's going to get a different dose of estrogen than I would. But the point is, uh, for our normal functioning, we kind of know how much of those hormones we need um, to help us have the, the best quality of life that we can have.
0: You know, I'm not sure people understand that some of the most common prepared pharmaceutical versions of hormones actually aren't human at all. Paula, tell me where they come from and do you know how they're made?
1: Um so some are going to be synthetic um which you know obviously has to be altered in in a lab uh some may come from an animal source um typically you know an anim- animals are going to have different kinds of estrogens than we would have as women um that's going to be the two primary differences between a synthetic and a and a and a bioidentical or a natural
0: and those animal sources are often pregnant horses so
2: right, primum is pregnant mare's urine. That's
0: yeah, that came from that name. I'm sure people kind of may not know that, and are kind of surprised <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, you know what? And they may also be surprised, Greg, to hear what you just mentioned testosterone for women. That's an important element that also goes missing, right?
2: That that is true. Um, again. Um, most of our males are getting about 50 milligrams to so 100 milligrams of testosterone replaced. A female is going to get somewhere between half a milligram to two and a half milligrams typically uh, replaced per day. And, you know, there's different forms of it. Um, for the men, we might use injections. For women, we don't do injections. Um, we typically use creams. And there's trochies, and a troche is a hormone that dissolves in your mouth. Um, and uh, there's things like... Um, suppositories, vaginal suppositories, and vaginal creams and topical creams. There's just all k- kinds of different dosage forms for
0: depending on the effect that we need to do. And what is the effect that testosterone has on women? Why why would a woman need testosterone?
2: Well, as a woman ages and her ovaries start to not produce testosterone, which is where the t- testosterone produced, they're also pr- produced in the adrenals. So we have to kind of consider all sources. So testosterone has a real important effect on bone health and heart health. So testosterone is what we call an anabolic hormone. It's 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 done to build muscle and bone. And so the bones are that pretty much we're concerned about you know uh, osteoporosis, but we're also concerned about the heart muscle, heart health, because hmm. the number one cause of death still in females is heart disease.
0: And So Paula, yeah, Paula. In your role, is working with women in what way? Are you are you discussing how the the mixture is performing? Are you discussing kind of what is that conversation that you have?
1: So in education, what I do is I explain the what each hormone is to start with. So the estrogens, the progesterone, and testosterone. I will explain each one of those what the role is, and we look at. You know what, what side of what potential um, symptoms that patient may be exhibiting, and then of course we'll discuss the options. Now the doctor, you know, is going to be the one writing the prescription. Um, so we'll discuss, you know, maybe what that patient needs. I answer any questions, and then you know we go, we go from there. So what we see a lot, um, especially in menopausal women, is going to be you know, the estrogen, progesterone, and sometimes testosterone if they have, you know, if the ovaries are not producing any or enough because the ovaries produce about 45 to 50%. So those women may benefit based off of their symptoms and their levels. They may benefit from testosterone as well.
0: And if you just tuned in, those are the voices of Paula Heil and Greg Russell from Port Wayne Custom Rx. You may be surprised to hear how important testosterone is for women. Research shows low T in women contributes to depression and lack of sex drive, but also loss of muscle and bone. Taking corticosteroids can suppress a woman's natural production of testosterone, so can prolong stress, and Lord knows that's difficult enough for busy women, busy moms in particular, trying to avoid stress. This whole idea of hormone management and how it affects mood is complex, so we'll talk more about that in just a second. Plus, I have news of the first non hormone medication approved for night sweats and hot flashes. I hope you agree those are good reasons to stay tuned to the Health Call Radio Hour.
1: You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular
0: weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals where every session is painless, and we never keep you waiting. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Well, get ready. You're about to start seeing some new TV commercials for a drug called Vioza the first non-hormone approved by the FDA for a treatment of moderate to severe hot flashes and night sweats caused by menopause. You're going to need a prescription for this one. It's a once-a-day tablet, and you may also need a deep pocketbook because one report says the retail cost could be as high as $550 a month. Fortunately, many women find relief from these menopause symptoms for much less money using bioidentical hormone therapy. Pharmacist Greg Russell is who we turn to for information on this topic. And recently, we were joined by registered nurse Paula Heil, who is his women's health specialist at Fort Wayne Custom Rx. She says giving your body back the hormones it needs can bring quick relief.
1: With the estrogen, estrogen and progesterone seems to work a lot faster than testosterone. So, you know, women can see difference within days of hot flashes and night sweats. Um, as far as, you know, the estrogen, progesterone, the same thing now, testosterone, that's going to take usually eight to 12 weeks for those symptoms to improve or those, or those lab values to improve. So, um, you know, I like to follow up in a month and, you know, see how they're doing. Um, some of the lab values, though, you may not need to repeat those that soon. You might want to wait a little while on those. Um, Some of the lab values, you know, they do have to be repeated routinely, you know, to make sure that patients, you know, not getting too much, um, you know, or, or, you know, getting enough, obviously.
0: And Greg, we've talked about bone and heart and, and other things, but there are some, I don't know how to phrase it, I guess, psychological benefits to this as well? I guess I'm thinking more in terms of cognition and mood. So tell me about that.
2: Yeah, so definitely estrogen and testosterone as well as progesterone. Progesterone is um, kind of, it's the feel good hormone for women. So progesterone, Mm -hmm. when they're low, they may feel anxious. Um, And so progesterone is as a natural relaxant for the brain. Kind of a break for the brain you know when you're constantly thinking and worrying about things progesterone kind of has helps put that break on that estrogen uh for women is very important it helps them um with anxiety um it helps with depression if they're low in uh estrogen they may feel depressed um estrogen also just helps them you know, my wife can multitask, I cannot. It's because she has an estrogen brain and I have a testosterone brain. So that's the best way, I think everybody would understand that, you know, in the show, you know, I can't multitask with a darn, but she can. And uh, so that's, that's estrogen's effect on the brain. So as you can imagine, as you age and you have less estrogen and you become more frustrated because you can't multitask, that's a quality of life issue.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm just laughing there, Greg, because I'm. I'm right there with you. My wife is so much better at, at uh, that multitasking thing. It's hormonal. That's what I will say it, it now. Looks right on, From... to a certain degree. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. What about the concerns of cancer? You know, we go back to the Women's Health Initiative study, and and this this headlines all over the place linking hormone therapy to cancer is. I think that study's been pretty well discredited, but is there still some of that lingering fear?
2: So what's interesting about that Women's Health Initiative study, that that study when it came out, showed that estrogen alone did not increase cancer, which was the shock, was one shock. But they said when estrogen was combined with a synthetic progesterone, called a progestin, medroxyprogesterone, which works the opposite of progesterone typically, um, but when that was used in combination, it really did increase cancer rates, breast and uterine cancer. So it's interesting. There are some different studies that have been out f- in Finland. They did, did a giant study that, um, because they have socialized medicine, they were able to track women over the course of a decade, uh, and like a million women. And they were able to show that actually using hormone therapy did not increase cancer rates. Having said that, Having said that all, it is, it is commonly accepted that estrogen can cause cancer because it causes cells to divide. It do, it's a growth hormone. So we, we always like to give progesterone and balance of estrogen that minimizes potential chance of, of, of any cancer. And we try to use the lowest dose we can use of estrogen. So right. that's why we like to test and we like to go, we start low and we go slow. You know, and we don't want to throw somebody into a problem.
0: Sure, sure. And Paula, is this something that I'm going to be on? Am I safe to be on this into my 70s, 80s and beyond? Should I think about that?
1: Well, from what we know, five to 10 years after menopause is going to be the time that's going to give the protection for the bone, the heart and the brain. So we know at least five to 10 years. Um, You know, there is a lot of doctors that work in anti-aging and integrative therapy that, um, you know, will keep women on it longer because they may feel better. So it just depends on the practitioner and the patient. And obviously, you know, follow up appointments, making sure that, you know, your levels are still in the ranges that they should be. Um, you know, symptom control, those are all things that the, that the, that the provider or the doctor is going to be taking into consideration, you know, in order to know if they want to leave those women on them. But, but there's, you know, there's, there's, there's um, literature that, that, you know, shows women can take low doses longer than the 5 to 10 years.
0: So walk me through the, the, the sequence, the process, if I think that I want to learn more about hormone replacement therapy um, do I start with my doctor? Do I start coming to talk to you, Paula? Where where does that process begin?
1: Um, so obviously, you know your your practitioners are important in that triad, um, you know, um, of care. But the the issue is most practitioners don't have time to sit down with their patients and discuss with them thirty to forty five minutes of you know what they can get through a pharmacy like us. So they can contact us. Um, I you know I schedule. My consultations, I schedule Greg's consultations for men um, so they can always call me, you know, basic questions I can answer over the phone. A consultation typically is going to be longer. Um, You know, we do have a fee for those. But, you know, when, when women come in and sit down, you know, we're going to give them all the information that they need to, you know, guide them to what's going to be best for them.
0: And then, where do I go to get my values checked? Is that something I do through my doctor, or can I do that with you?
1: So the doctor can order blood tests um, for the for all those hormones, and they can get those drawn at any lab. Um, also, there is saliva testing. There's multiple companies across the United States that, um, look at all the hormones in saliva and they're very accurate. Now that's, that's a kit that they would have to pick up from us. And, you know, obviously we would have to tell them, you know, what they need checked. but, Mm -hmm. um, that also is a possibility. Those are typically not covered by insurance, but the, um, the price is, you know, um, not that bad. So I think most people can, you know, most people can can afford it.
2: The, the saliva has the additional advantage of having some breakdown products, the breakdown metabolite products that we're able to see. They divide out the different types of estrogens, for example. So there's some advantage to that. However, for many people, we can do it with blood too. you know, in other words, the regular lab.
0: And the cost of that test may or may not be covered by your insurance. One local lab publishes the cost of a comprehensive female blood panel that includes the hormone check at $299. But the cost of that saliva test we discussed is typically less. Fort Wayne Custom RX offers private consultations so you can discuss your symptoms and what approach might be right for you. You can find them at 425 East DuPont Road or online at fwcustomrx.com. And now again, full disclosure here, both my wife and I use hormones that Greg's team compounds for us. We love the convenience of receiving them in the mail. When we come back, we shift to the controversy over low back pain. Are doctors over-treating, over-medicalizing a problem that millions of people have? We hear from a Duke University spine specialist who says your family doctor should not be the first call you make with back pain. Now is a good time to call a friend and tell them, hey, tune in to the Health Call Radio Hour right here on WoWo.